The Smithfield Murder, a short story from Bowman's Casebook by Richard James, part two. Following the discovery of a butcher's body amongst the carcasses of Smithfield Market, Inspector Bowman is sent to investigate. How the devil did you know I'd be here? Detective Inspector Ignatius Hicks sat at the fireplace in the Silver Cross Inn, a look of incredulity on his face. His hat lay on the table before him, next to a steaming plate of kippers and a tankard of ale. He was clearly irritated at the interruption to his breakfast. A lucky hunch, sparkled Anthony Graves from the door. The sergeant was his usual ebullient self. Inspector Bowman marvelled that even on this coldest of mornings his companion had refused to wear a hat. They had been dispatched from Scotland Yard and instructed to pick up Inspector Hicks on their way. You're to accompany us to Smithfield, Bowman growled. They found an unexpected carcass at the meat market. Graves gave Hicks the flash of a smile. Bowman, not for the first time, marvelled at how his colleague could find such sport in something so grim. Smithfield? Hicks roared loud enough to wake the landlord from his stupor at the bar. I can't go to Smithfield at this hour. Think of my constitution. Your constitution? Bowman raised his eyes to the heavens as if in silent prayer. Hicks had leaned forward conspiratorially. If he knew he was brushing his kippers with the ends of his beard, he didn't seem to care. I suffer terribly with the gas, he elucidated in hushed tones. To see such sights as they have at Smithfield would be enough to turn a man's stomach. Bowman's moustache twitched at his mouth in irritation. I would think such a man as could stomach kippers at this hour could stomach anything. Hicks threw him a look of reproach. I have a delicate digestion, Bowman, and that is that. He tried not to react to the sudden delivery of a large pile of devilled eggs at his elbow. Bowman stared at the portly inspector, his eyebrows raised almost to the brim of his hat. Eggs help, Hicks offered, meekly. Sergeant Graves, would you be so good as to settle the inspector's tab at the bar? Bowman turned on his heels to head for the door. Time is of the essence. Reluctantly, Hicks delved into a pocket to retrieve some change for Graves. As he leaned over to take Hicks' payment, the young sergeant plucked an egg from his plate with a cheery wink. Why is there need for so many of us? Hicks implored, shrugging on his coat. We'll need the numbers to keep the crowds at bay, Bowman explained. The market is about to get busy. Boothby announced the market manager in his flat northern vowels, Arthur Boothby. He was an officious-looking man, marked Bowman as he shook his hand. A large white apron was tied at his waist to protect the full tweed suit he wore beneath, a cap balanced precariously on his head, beneath which jutted a pair of particularly bushy brows. His nose was flat and wide as if the result of some past altercation, and his mouth was thin and perpetually pursed in a look of disdain. A leather pouch at his side bulged with papers. Bowman took the opportunity to glance around. Smithfield Market was truly a cathedral to the carnivore. It seemed as tall as one of Brunel's greatest stations, and no less ornate. The ubiquitous London pigeon had made its home amongst the great girders that spanned the entire length of the roof, and a network of glass, wood and steel gave out to a still dark sky. The horizon, noticed Bowman, was painted with paler colours, and he fancied he could sense the imminent arrival of the morning sun. 
Looks like our Solomon has gone the way of William Wallace. How's that? Graves asked, nonplussed, his clear blue eyes clouded with confusion. Smithfield is the site of the old Tyburn tree. You might well be standing where William Wallace swung from the gallows. Aye, and what Tyler too. Everywhere Bowman looked, he saw flesh of every sort, plucked, rolled and stuffed for consumption. Buckets of offal littered the floor, cuts of meat hung at every stall. Pigs' heads were displayed with no little ceremony amongst cuts of lamb and guinea fowl. The fetid air mixed with the smell of tobacco from Hick's habitual pipe, which he held tight in his teeth, as if it were a prize. Bowman resisted the urge to retch. Catching Hick's eye, he affected a more nonchalant air. The last thing he wanted was to show weakness to his bluff companion. The affair with the severed head in the ice had cost him dear, both in terms of his own sanity, but also with his standing in the force. Bowman was becoming used to the sideways glances and whispers behind hands, but he could not bear to be exposed to Hicks. Swallowing hard, he continued, Mr Boothby, he soothed, we are here to investigate the death of Solomon Hibbert. Whilst the history lesson is engaging, it would be of greater benefit to us if we could see the body. With a barely-contained snort of disappointment, Boothby adjusted the cap on his head and turned about. Number 34, he barked. That's where you'll find him, and I'll thank you to be quick. We open in twenty minutes and I won't turn trade away. How are you bearing up, Hicks? teased Graves, as they walked through the great iron arch at the market's entrance. Tolerably, Hicks mumbled, picking errant scraps of kipper from his beard. Ahead of them, the great hall was split into avenues of stalls that stretched as far as the eye could see to the left and right. Shutters were thrown open in anticipation of the day's custom. Stalls were laden with produce. Boys mopped the floors with steaming water and blocks were scrubbed and scraped. Arthur Boothby was warming to his theme as they approached stall number 34. Seven hundred years ago, you'd be walking amongst the throng of Bartholomew Fair, he expounded. We like to think we're following in illustrious footsteps. Inspector Hicks cast a glance around him. Though perhaps with fewer freaks and wire-walkers, he offered. Conscious that his other companions were only feigning interest at best, Boothby stopped and cleared his throat. Stall number 34, he announced, gesturing towards where a young boy sat on a stool. He regarded the assembled inspectors with doleful eyes. This is the lad that found him, Boothby explained, and there is the man himself. With more ceremony than Bowman felt strictly necessary, Boothby lifted an arm to point dramatically up at the rail. Inspector Bowman fought the urge to vomit. Solomon Hibbert was held suspended by a meat hook through the back of his neck. Bowman could plainly see the point of the hook protruding through the man's Adam's apple. His entire torso was caked in a sheen of blood which dripped down his arms and onto his fingers. Casting his eyes to the floor, Bowman could see Solomon's blood mixing with the sawdust. Sergeant Graves was standing next to the body now, prodding it almost playfully with his fingers. "'Has anything been moved?' Bowman asked of Boothby. "'No one has approached the body. Save the boy who found him, of course. I think his name is Archie.' Sergeant Graves had sidled up to the inspector, lowering his voice in the throng. "'Look around you, sir.' Bowman did just that. "'I see nothing, Graves, just people going about their business.' 
Hawkers were filling the aisles with produce for sale, pies and pasties, raw meats and offal. Traders argued over prices, while competing stallholders gazed with envious eyes at their neighbours' displays. There's nothing out of the ordinary. Precisely so, Graves gave a knowing look. Three inspectors have just arrived from Scotland Yard to investigate a body hanging on a meat hook, and no one seems to be the least bit concerned. He cast a sad look at the ruffian on the stool. They've not even seen fit to comfort the boy. Graves was right. Aside from some sidelong glances and knowing nudges between the stallholders, their arrival had passed without interest. What does that tell us? Bowman asked. That he had no friends here? Graves offered, brightly. Bowman nodded. Inspector Hicks, speak to these men. I want to know more about Solomon Hibbert. What of his character? Did they have any dealings with the man? Boothby gave a snort of derision. I wish your luck in finding any man that had a good word for him. Inspector Hicks pulled himself up to his full height. Perhaps, Mr Boothby, I should start with you. Might I trouble you to tell me all you know of the deceased? Boothby gave an obsequious tip of his head. Ah, you might, but I'd rather do it beyond the sight of the traders. You can accompany me to my office. Excellent, Hicks smacked his lips. Then perhaps I might avail myself of a pasty on the way. Seemingly pleased to meet a kindred spirit, Boothby allowed himself a smile. Alarmingly, he exposed the greatest display of crooked teeth that Bowman had ever seen. Oh, and Inspector, Boothby turned to face Bowman as he left, you will appreciate that we open for business at seven of the clock. I would not wish our customers to face such a sight. He cast a look of distaste in the direction of Hibbert's body. Such a thing might put them off their purchases. He gave a ghastly wink, and we all have debts to pay. As Hicks led the man away, Bowman heard them fall into an easy conversation concerning the varieties of meats available and the favourable terms that might be met for a man who wished to purchase them while in the company of the market manager. Graves, barked Bowman irritably. Get that man down. <laughs> <laughs>